When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Thursday to you and yours. Look at this, guys. Look, Ma, no hands. I normally say on a Redemption Thursday, or as I start the show, uh, that uh, that's Tom Lang and there's Director Matthew. Now, they're not here. It's just me. I'm flying solo. It's me hosting the show, me producing the show, me saying hello. Come on in. Let's do some Redemption Thursday. All right, so. Let me set the stage for you. Recorded. It is recorded today. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, going to join us next in the second segment. My mother and I will make picks in the second hour, as we're wont to do. We will also do the Red Zone segment that we always do on Fridays today. And, of course, we will have Solving for the Future with my friends at ISF. Yes, Probables will be here, too. We got a ton, a ton to get to and a tough to go uh, and and, and kind of that but first i wanted to make sure that i had my picks ready to go even though we're taking tomorrow off hence the reason we're piling everything into one show today uh for the bye week uh i will get to said picks in just a moment you'll be able to see the wagers we are on a roll right now i don't want to screw this up there was no way no how that i was going to skip today with the run that we're on uh eight what was it seven seven two and one last week i believe it was uh, the week before, we had a seven-win campaign. We're back well over 500 and kicking ass and taking names as the way it should be. And that brings me to the next point, which is before we get to these wagers, I should point out that yesterday was good news for Florida State, good practice for Florida State. And listen, this this is a week, of course, where it's all about getting healthy, 
This is a week where Mike's got to fix some of the things that are inefficient, that aren't working. He's got enough data points now through four games where Mike can take a good long look at what they are and what they are not. And what's interesting about this team at 4-0, and we've said this time and again, because you found a way to win games without putting it all together. Now, I'm not going to say you've played poorly. Corey likes to point out that whenever I say they haven't played well, it sounds like by default that I'm saying they've played poorly. It's not what I mean. Obviously, they've played well in spots, and they've played well enough to be 4-0, and they've played well enough, quite frankly, to have the two most significant wins on anybody's schedule, meaning that if you group two games of the first four that anybody's played, nobody has a better resume than Florida State does with the two wins that they have, because I suspect, by the way, that Clemson's pretty good. And we think LSU is too. They've gone on to win the remaining games that they've played since losing decisively in Orlando to us. I think Florida State has the best resume. So if you're just going by four-game resumes, Florida State should be number one in the country. That said, they're not. They're number five. It'll all work itself out. Keep winning football games. But when I talk about them not playing well, it's relative to who they could be given the personnel. And this is a bit redundant this week, right? We've talked about this seemingly after every week. I don't know that we talked about it too much after the LSU game, but we did point out after that game that the first half left a little bit to be desired. We all know that Florida State's defense isn't starting games uh, as well as they could. I think they're going to morph into more of this aggressive style defense that we've seen play when they do play well. I think it's more of who they are. It's uh, the best that they play is when they are triggering downhill, when they are coming after the quarterback and speeding guys up and pressuring folks and making them make quicker decisions. And I think, oddly, that's really the kind of aggressiveness they're going to have to play with all year long and maybe just play to that. The other thing that's going to happen for Florida State, and I don't think there's any doubt about this, the other thing that's going to happen for Florida State is the schedule gets easier. It just does. And you survive the two biggest games on your schedule. Well, biggest games from a standpoint of giving yourself an opportunity moving forward to make the college football playoff. And now you've got to get better because Miami's better than you thought they were. Now you got to get better because you've shown against certain types of quarterbacks, you could struggle and make games that ought not be close be very, very close. So Mike's got to get right in a lot of ways. He's got to get his personnel groupings back to where he wants them. He's got to have the right personnel on defense and offense. That's a matter of health in some cases. Akeem Dent would go a long way in helping this defense. But also Mike has to figure out who they are offensively. I don't know that this offensive line is going to get appreciably better uh, than they are currently, which is to say, are they a good offensive line? I think they can be. I think they especially can be if Jordan Travis is able to run the football, and he has not done that. He has been really trying to protect himself. They've protected Jordan as a play caller, Mike and Alex have, and Jordan's protected himself in terms of getting rid of the ball sometimes sooner than he normally would have in order to avoid the big hit. The other thing Jordan's doing is not running, as we well know, and that really opens things up for this offense. So, I think if you can get right, married with the schedule weakening, Florida State can look a lot more efficient. Florida State can look a lot better as players get healthier. And the coach decides what they're going to be. I'm curious from a personnel standpoint, what kind of changes, if any, they make. But I said before this diatribe that yesterday was a good day for Florida State. 
And that is because Mike Norvell announced that Daryl Jackson will be eligible for the postseason. Now, a lot of people immediately thought that Daryl Jackson would be eligible then for the ACC championship game. That does not seem likely. Daryl Jackson would be eligible instead for the next calendar year, which would mean in the playoffs, Daryl Jackson postseason play. If Florida State is to get to do the final four, they would have an opportunity to play Daryl Jackson. And I'm here to tell you that fundamentally alters just how good Florida State's defense is. I already think Florida State's defense against the run is good, is very good. In fact, I think it's their strength. A lot of people have mentioned that Verse isn't having a good year. He's having a very good year. Jared Verse is having a very good year. He's not stockpiling sacks, but Jared Verse is making a difference. He resets the line of scrimmage, play in and play out. He's a sideline-to-sideline guy. He's a bit of a tear. Guys have to chip them, him. Guys have to account for him at all times. He's having a fine year. You'll see the draft will bear that out. It'd be cool if he had more sacks, and he might get an opportunity to do that as they face weaker teams and he gets more favorable matchups. Uh, but but that's – and, again, think about the mobile quarterbacks that they've faced. But I think for, for Florida State, getting Daryl Jackson back means if you're playing in a heavyweight battle, which one would assume you're going to be in if you're in the college football playoff, meaning you're facing a team that likely has a very good offensive line. You're likely facing a team that can be very, very physical. Daryl Jackson being added to this rotation, even if they ease him back in, say, 30 snaps. And by the way, because he's still practicing and because he's still practicing well and because Daryl Jackson, and this is a big deal, guys, because Daryl Jackson has made the right choices, and we should talk about that. If you're a guy, and I have to be careful about how I say this, but if you're a guy who perhaps doesn't love school, and you're a guy who's already transferred not once, not twice, but now you're here for, to your third team. So you've transferred twice, sorry. You're on your third team. And truthfully, you're looking for the opportunity to go out and have a great season, to put on tape that you can be a dominant player, and to go get drafted and train, change your family's fortunes and get after it at the next level, which is all you've wanted to do, and you have that body type, you have that size, you have that ability, and now you're in a, in a place where you can win some football games, and they tell you, oh, by the way, that dream of yours, it's off the table. You're not playing this year. We're not granting you your waiver. When that happens to guys that don't love school and maybe are only passionate about playing football in the moment that allows them to cash in on the winning lottery ticket and the hard work and the hard work, that they've put into building a body like that, it can go south in a hurry. It can get ugly. It can get really ugly. You can have a guy stop going to classes, fail out of school, not provide you anything in practice. Now it's a deleterious influence in the locker room. You can have frustrations come to bear. But that's not what he's done. That's not what he's done, and I commend him. I commend him, and I also tell you I'm somewhat surprised. Not because I'm attacking his character, just because – all the eggs are in that basket, and the basket gets taken away. And all of a sudden, you think, so what are you telling me? You're telling me I can't play, but I need to go to school every day, and I got to come practice and never get into a game? That'd be tough. That would rip your guts out. That would be hard to overcome. And so when you realize now 
that that guy has been coming to practice every day. And you heard Mike Norvell talk about the reps that they've been getting from him. And you've heard Mike Norvell talk about him doing the right thing and how very impressed he is. I echo that sentiment. Not necessary. He doesn't need me to care one way or the other. He doesn't need my approval. I'm just pointing out for contextual reasons, guys, that's a big deal. That guy is helping this team get better. This guy is going to help you if you make the postseason in big football games against strong offensive lines. Add that to what you already have with Farmer doing what he's doing. Fabo kind of working his way back in to more consistent play, to throw in with Briggs, to throw in with Malcolm Ray, to have the ability now to throw in a Daryl Jackson on that list. Everybody gets better because of that. The guys on the outside get better. Uh, sorry, I didn't mention Braden Fisk. He's been great. This becomes a deep, deep, deep and dominant defensive front with Daryl Jackson. It's in addition to already being very good as is. So yesterday, Florida State got a lot better when that news came down the pike. It's a shame that he's not able to play in the games against Florida or Miami or really any of the other games because I think he would make a significant difference. It is a shame. But now we have a guy that you can count on, I think, if he continues down this path uh, to really help you out in the postseason. All right, I mentioned it before. Now, lately, we've been scoring huge with player props in the NFL. And I have not been shy about uh, ringing the bell and letting you guys know how well those player props have gone. I'm still making decisions on player props. And because I'm taking tomorrow off during four states bye week, I feel like I cheated you a little bit on the redemption Thursday wagers. Cause I went straight college, straight spreads, not first half totals, not totals at all, not player props, not quarterback numbers, none of that stuff. So I will promise you this as I kind of make some decisions on some of that, if in fact, I've got another one that I love, and we're five of six on player props so far this year. I believe that's the number, maybe six of seven. I got to go back and check. If I see another one that I love that jumps off the page today, I will make sure I tweet it out. All right. Hold me to it. Ask me about it. I'll do it. In the interim, wagers for today. Wanted to get to them. I got Oregon State. You guys can put them up on the screen right now. I got Oregon State minus three and a half against Utah. Whispers are that Cam Rising is not going to play in this game either. Oregon State's a good football team, a really good football team. That Utah offense without Cam Rising is kind of gross. They win 14-7 to last week. They play good defense. They play tough. They're well-coached. They're a smart team, but they're not really clicking on offense without Cam Rising, so give me Oregon State there. I got Louisville laying the three-and-a-half against NC State. It's hard to watch NC State's offense right now. Armstrong's not playing well. I think Louisville, Louisville's a little bit better team than people realized. I'll lay the three and a half. I like BYU. You guys know I've been on them this year. They hurt me once this year. I was off by a point on one of the games, but they also helped me beat Arkansas, and I picked them straight up to win that game. I'm taking two points against a bad Cincinnati offense. I got Southern Cal laying the 21 and a half against Colorado. Like all of the teams in the Pac-12 that are equipped to do damage to Colorado, they're going to try to run it up. Nobody has appreciated Dion's act and the rest of that conference. Nobody appreciates over and over and over again having to hear about a team that is not going to be a factor to win that conference. They are not going to matter at the end of the day. They're not going to be competitive against the better teams in that league. And I think coaches and players alike got tired of hearing about it. Now, you might say, well, that's not Dion's fault, or you might say that's just jealousy. 
fair. doesn't really matter to me, the motivation, just that it exists. And I think it does exist to run it up on Colorado, who's not any good. They're not. Lay the 21 and a half. Clemson minus six and a half against Syracuse. I was tempted because this is a tough spot game. I was very tempted to take Syracuse. Clemson has struggled in that building. Clemson's coming off an emotional loss. And then I thought about Clemson's defense. And then I thought about Clemson's linebackers. And then I thought that's a mobile quarterback for Syracuse who's not all that fast. And I think Clemson's linebackers are. I'm going to go ahead and take Clemson to right the ship here. I'll lay the six and a half. I got Arkansas getting six at home against Texas A&M. Arkansas played really well last week in their loss to LSU. K.J. Jefferson's a good player. I think they hang in there. Give me Georgia minus 14 and a half against Auburn. Same theme as the other games that I noted before. Auburn cannot score. Cannot score. Their offense is dreadful. Georgia's got a good defense. Georgia will accidentally cover the 14 and a half here. Mizzou minus 13 and a half against Vandy. Vandy's not any good. LSU minus two and a half against Ole Miss. I think they got personnel problems at Ole Miss. I think they may have locker room problems at Ole Miss. I like LSU's team. I'm going to lay the two and a half. And finally, bad spot game for Notre Dame. Had to would have been an emotional loss. And then you're responding all week long to why it is you had 10 guys on the field, not once but twice, and the two most important plays of a football game. You got to button up, get serious, get focused, and go on the road and face a Duke team as coached by Coach Elko, who is one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. You remember him at Texas A&M. You remember him at Notre Dame. That's a really good coach. I think Duke will be ready. They'll be sky high like they were against Clemson. Give me Duke plus the points. I'm probably going to money line this thing in a combo somehow, some way. So there it is. There are your Redemption Thursday picks. We went straight college football, just the straight odds. Didn't get quirky. If I find some quirkiness, obviously in my private life, I'm definitely going to bet all that. But I'll tweet a few as I see them come through, especially player props in the NFL, which have been cashing on the regular. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Coming up next, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. He's been on a roll lately as well. Quite the role. Been winning for each of the last three weeks. I think he's 32 and 15 in his picks nationally that he's been giving out uh, as of late. So we'll have Lee Sterling to Paramount Sports next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 
27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I watch the rain it settle in, disappear for days again. Most of us will stay in, lazy like the sky. Paramount Sports. We weren't going to miss our segment. My man's a robust 32 and 15 this year. Has been killing it back to back to back weeks. And Lee, it's always a pleasure, my brother. This is a this is a fun college football season, man. There, it's wide open, wide open. Yeah, I'm nervous. Yeah, I mean, your game, your game, your game last week, and and also the Notre Dame. Uh, uh, game against Ohio State were lived up to the billing. So uh, that's what it's all about. <laughs> so um, that's, hey, that's why we watch the games. That's why we love to bet on the games. And um, you never, I don't think there's any game. I think maybe one out of a hundred do I predict that the way it's going to start and the way it's going to end. It just doesn't happen that way. It's been fun, too. I, I think, I mean, you're on a roll. I just documented that right now for your service. I'm on a roll, too, right now. We've been in agreement yeah. on a lot of these games, and it's kind of worked out our way. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I had a good week last week, and I like this week's set of games. I was just looking at the list that you sent me, and I, right off the bat, I'm very intrigued because I, I wrestled with this game. Louisville given three to NC State. It's yeah. the NC State defense, but not much of an offense, and Louisville's offense, which is really good, and an average defense. So this is a hard game for me to pick. How do you see it? So what's interesting, 92% of the public is on Louisville. And when you see sometimes that, it's scary. But I just can't back Brendan Armstrong. He, I'm telling you this right now. If I bet you if you timed him in the 40-yard dash, he went from a 4.7 to a 4.9. I think he slowed down. His arm looks worse. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback that in four years has gone from being really good to really bad. I mean, they don't complete anything down the field. Louisville's offense is <laughs> really underrated. I mean, they have a couple guys, Jamari Thrash, another guy, um, Amari Higgins-Bruce. I mean, you got to cover both of these guys. And then uh, Jordan, the running back, really good also. So I like what they're doing there. I just – I just North Carolina State wins are going to have to get a bunch of turnovers. Louisville's going to have to be flat or going to have to get penalized 10, 12 times. I'll keep riding Louisville here. I think they win and cover 34 to 24. I like it. All right, Kentucky and Florida seems like an even matchup to me. I think Florida's better than people give them credit for. I don't think they're great. I just think they're better than people thought they'd be after the Utah game. And I don't know what to think about Kentucky. This feels like a coin flip game. Depending on where you looked, Kentucky's a favorite by a point, two points. How do you see this game playing out? Yeah, you know, it started at three points, uh, Kentucky. Now it's down to a point most places. And it's going to be tough. It, you know what? Two nothing special offenses, two transfer quarterbacks. I think it might come down to 
an opportunistic defense. Kentucky eight turnovers from their defense. So they, they go for strips and they don't want to be on the field that long and maybe special teams. So maybe Devin Leary is going to finally have a, a game. I wouldn't say a great game, but a game where he comes out a little bit. He just does not look comfortable yet in this offense here. Chalk, though, is 7-2 against the spread in Wildcat games. Um, Dog, on the other hand, with Scarja, 16-3 in Florida games. But uh, I think home field matters for something. Tough game here. I'll take Kentucky 24-20. Notre Dame's in a tough spot here. They're coming off an emotional loss, a game that they could have won, obviously, and then a brutal ending where you have 10 guys on the field not once but twice, which is inexcusable. And they've had to answer questions. Wait, about- wait, wait. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff who, who, is the, who is the defensive coordinator? Does it shock you? I know. Al Golden. I know. I know. Poor, poor Al's taking a beating this week as he should, but man, that's tough. When, and that's the thing with new coaches too, in terms of Marcus Freeman, like that's not going to happen in year six, but it can, it can happen now, which is nuts. I mean, there are a lot of people that that falls on the defensive coordinator falls on the head coach falls on the middle linebacker who usually counts guys. I mean, it's kind of, Kind of silly to yep. think it could happen in yep. that situation, but there it does, and they lose a heartbreaker. And now they got to play a really good Duke team who is extremely well coached and plays good defense. I think it's a tough spot game to be given five and a half or six. What do you see it as? And I love Sam Hartman. I think he's really good. I think he's a good passer, good leader, but I think Riley Leonard's better. Add the running aspect to his game. He's a not a good runner, a great runner. You look at him, you're like, oh, okay. I, he's big, he's strong, he's he can really go. fast, good vision, and uh, underrated passer, and, and an amazing leader. His team believes in him. Now, I don't know about that. They didn't give him the extension after they beat uh, Clemson. I don't think he's buying in, but um, I think Duke's defense is also for real here. Mike Elko. I mean, one of the best defensive coordinators when he was with Notre Dame and, and Texas A&M. Sam Hartman played this Duke defense last year, and Duke beat him and sacked him three times here. Duke also 12-4 and four against the spread at, at home. Pretty tough home team here. Wrong team favorite. Duke outright 23-20. You and I see it the same way. Fun game. All right. In the, oh, NF, in the wow, NFL, wow, buddy, Jackson. I'm sorry, Lee, I missed you. No, no, it's crazy. We're we're seeing everything. It's been like that almost every single week on the show. Yeah, we've had a couple of disagreements. For the most part, we've been eye to eye on these things, and it's fun. I like it when we disagree. I like it when we agree. It's fun just to see if we're thinking and seeing the same things. Um, Jacksonville's given three to Atlanta. I don't understand this game. These are two average-ass teams. Um, and neither are, neither are bad, but neither are real good. Uh, I, I I just don't know why Jacksonville's given three. I I would, I'm staying away from this game personally. It's over in London, right? Uh, this is not a, this is not a game I would touch, but if you had to bet it, would you lay the three with Jacksonville? Believe it or not, I would only because of the matchup. I think Jacksonville last couple weeks has been awful. They do one thing really well. They stop the run. Yeah. Number eight in the NFL and stopping the run. So sometimes it's about the matchup. 
I mean, they just are not clicking at all. Their talent does not match the the output right now. So, I mean, the problem here also, Desmond Ritter just doesn't push the ball down the field. I mean, you got some really good receivers. One very good outside receiver, one of the best tight ends in pits, and they're just not utilizing them enough. So, I think eventually they're going to see Jacksonville put it together. I don't know if this is the week they put it together, but uh, maybe on the road they bond. Sometimes that happens. I'll take Jacksonville. I think they win 27-20. Probably one of the early games of the year is next on the slate here. Uh, Lee, tell me about Miami. Tell me about that city going crazy for a team that is lovable and fun to watch and just dropped 70 on Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and how funny that was to watch play out because I hate both those guys. I thought it was hilarious, but I do, I do admire and enjoy watching this Miami Dolphin football team. And now here we go against Buffalo. Buffalo's laying the points. This could be a truly great game. I don't use the word hate often. I would say dislike. I have a huge dislike for both those guys because Sean Payton is so smug. I mean, yep. whenever you hire a guy from the broadcast booth, how many times does it work out? Almost never. And Russell Weir- Wilson, the dude is weird. It's strange. Like yeah. like someone said one time, w- w- wouldn't you like to like meet the guy? I'm like, no. I have no interest <laughs> in meeting a guy like that. Strange dude. I, I don't think yeah. his... I don't think his teammates connect with him. I don't think uh, when he left Seattle, anyone's going, oh, we're, we're without Russell. Look, look at they picked up right where they left off. They're better now. This is going to be a fun game. Now, the first game last year was a strange, maybe one of the strangest games. Buffalo more than doubled Miami in yardage. Miami wins 21-19, I think the final score was. And then the last two games, Buffalo wins by three, and then three again in the playoffs. Miami had nothing. Skylar Thompson, third string quarterback, was playing. They were down like eight, nine starters. Miami somehow hung in there. I think Miami's offense may be just too good. If the weather was bad, maybe I could see Buffalo. The The forecast is mid-70s, Jeff, and sunny. I, I checked for the chance of rain. It says zero, zero <laughs> percent. You don't see that often. So it's going to be perfect for Miami. I think the Buffalo defense is down a couple notches here. No Von Miller. I think their safeties have, have lost a couple, maybe a half step, a step here. And if you lose a half step, you're in trouble against this team, Miami team. If you lose a step, it's good night, Irene. They have the, you know how they clock guys as far as speed once they catch the ball when they're running with the ball? The four fastest guys. I mean, that's scary with Waddle, Hill, Mosert and uh kid from uh, Texas A&M. So just, I, I just think that Miami's the right side here. I'll take the three. Um, maybe the last team with the ball wins. I like Miami 38, 35. Should be a fun game. I think everybody's going to want to watch this yeah. game. It's a huge game. Your free play of the week is a fun one too. It's Georgia giving double digits 15, in fact, to Auburn. Uh, and how can folks get that game? And also, you got a big promotion going on right now that is very affordable for everybody. I just saw it. Are we about to launch into October here? That's it. It's here. Not October. We call it October. Um, you can get five weeks of games from today all the way through uh, Halloween night. Five weeks of action. You're going to get probably 11 to 14 games a week. We're, 
We're on a 26 and 10 run the last three weeks. We are 32 and 15 on the year. You want to get everything. If you've been trying it on your own, a lot of people try everything on their own at first, see how that works out. If that's not working out for you, or maybe you hired like one of these underwear cappers, you know, on Twitter uh, that you paid 25 bucks for a week or two and, and then his account uh, disappears, you know, um, uh, I got a story yeah, last last week. Some guy called me, he says, I paid this guy and I can't find him anymore. I said, well, <laughs> does he have a website? He goes, I don't think so. Instagram or, or, or TikTok even? No. I said, well, probably out of luck. You might want to kiss your $25 goodbye. I mean, do you go to a dentist or a doctor for a $25 a week guy? So um, this is our 30th year. I study these games all day, all night here. Um, 347 for five weeks of action. Use coupon code SAVE100. Love to have everyone along for the ride. One place, ParamountSports.com. Lee, always a pleasure, brother. I'm glad you hopped on early this week. Normally we do this Friday, but uh, you made room for me on FSU's bye week. I appreciate that. Be well, good sir. Enjoy the football and keep rolling because we're no seeing problem. things eye to eye right now, and I like it. We're both winning big here. Take care. Hey guys, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick and easy to remember. So I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this too, it is... Um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, uh, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins. Probiotics. Whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Hold on, before I get to the next story, which is absurd, I will recap for uh, those of you who missed the tail end. Lee Sterling, who, by the way, went last week, I think, 3-1-1 one, and one for us in the games that he utilized here. Don't mistake a, a couple of things. The games he chooses to go over with us, and each of the last few weeks he's had a good record with that, are not nece necessarily the games that he gives out nationally he's on all over the country he does regional hits and he tries to pick games that might be of interest within that region so you're going to often see jacksonville or atlanta when we talk about the nfl or miami or tampa bay or new orleans but it may not be a game that he feels strongly about playing uh for his national service just kind of fun to take a side for these games he'll do the same typically with college football he has florida he has florida state he often has miami if he's got a a feeling one way or the other, but it may not be a game that he feels strongly enough, convicted enough to pick for his national service. So as he would tell you, I think 
to, to get those games, you would you would have to, to sign up. And that's your prerogative, whether you want to or not. I just find it entertaining uh, to have some fun and, and some give and take uh, with him. By the way, his uh, free play of the week was uh, Georgia uh, minus 15 and Auburn. If you wanted that game, ParamountSports.com. Uh, All right, so I saw this story and I rolled my eyes and I laughed, but it made me look something up. I don't know if you guys saw this. It's not football. It's an aside, but it's an interesting aside. Uh, a Philadelphia Phillies fan and his emotional support animal, an ESA, as it's known in the business, uh, were denied entrance to the game against the Pirates, Philadelphia's game against the Pirates yesterday. And you might think, well, that's insensitive. Uh, why would you not allow for that? Uh, we've come a long way now where people have their emotional support animals. You might think uh, it's a little odd, but, you know, it might be a thing that some people need. And within reason, we could allow that, right? Uh, theirs was an alligator. It was a five-foot alligator. The fan, identified by the Philadelphia Inquirer as Joey, J-O-I-E, so I don't know if that's Joey or Joey uh, Henry, oh, check that, Henny, arrived at Citizens Bank Ballpark in Philadelphia walking Wally, the alligator, on a leash. It is uh, about a five-foot alligator, so, you know, not tiny. Uh, the stadium's policy on support animals according to the Phillies official website is that uh, service dogs, certified service dogs or service dogs in training for guests with special needs are in fact welcome, but all other animals are prohibited. So you can't have an ESA cat. You can't have an ESA uh, bird, uh, at least not at that ballpark. You can have a dog. You get a dog. We'll give you a dog. All right. That's what you get. You get a dog and nothing else. Seems right for this country, right? And I, it's not a knock. I, I, I get it. So I went and looked to see, hmm, I wonder if that, if the law excludes some of this. The law does not exclude any particular kind of animal from becoming an ESA, so a support animal. Uh, and then I thought, well, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. What if I have a support polar bear? What if I have a, a support lion, a support cheetah, a, a support, I don't know, cassowary? Yeah, no, we're not doing that. Also, I wanted to know, I get the value of pets. I love dogs. I love cats. I love animals. Love them. I think they provide material and appreciable value to our lives. And you look it up and you wonder how it works in this capacity, meaning uh, the, the social support or whatever it is. Uh, emotional comfort Beneficial actions for individuals with needs. Emotional support animals can play an essential role in mental health treatment plans. Animals that are well-suited for the job can make a real difference in their owners. Yeah, an alligator is not well-suited for the job, man. An alligator is a dinosaur. An alligator is well-suited to kill you. And dinosaur will kill you once it has the opportunity to kill you. A reptile of this nature would as well. Why do emotional support animals work, you might say? Well... They provide people someone to talk to. They help provide physical affection. An alligator is not providing physical affection. Animals require love and attention, so do human beings. I don't think alligators do. Doesn't seem to me that they do. You pair them together like you do a dog, 
And it seems to me that the physical affection and companionship are not the same that you would get with a dog. And in fact, here's what I'm really looking forward to if we're being honest about this. Joey, J-O-I-E, Henny, uh, there in Philadelphia that has said pet alligator. Do you think that alligator is going to stop growing? I don't. I think that alligator is going to keep growing. You'll probably keep it enclosed and feed it well. And I might ask, what are you feeding it? Anyhow, that said, my guess is that thing is going to get big. And here's what I hope. I hope, as I have noted before, that nature wants to kill you. I hope it does here. How great would it be if in two years on the Jeff Cameron Show, we're reading the article that talked about the person that got denied access to Citizens Bank ball, Ballpark with their emotional, emotional support animal, the alligator known as Wally. Two, three years from now is the alligator that kills Joey. How awesome would that be? I know it's cruel to root for death, but I have to tell you that is bizarre, and I'm rooting for it. And it's something I wanted to bring to your attention because nature wants to kill you. You have to be careful which of these you align. Accounts linked to Wally, I might add, you can find online. It's an Instagram account, Wally Gator in Joey. Uh, so that would be W-A-L-L-Y-G-A-T-O-R-N-J-O-I-E. 26,000 followers for this gator. TikTok account, Wally the Alligator. 100,000 followers. Is denied entry drew comparisons to the curse of the Billy Goat, which involved the Chicago Cubs. In 1945, William Cianis put a curse on the Cubs when he and his goat were denied entry into the World Series game at Wrigley Field, outraged at not being able to watch his beloved Cubs and to bring his goat into the stands at Wrigley. He put a curse on them, saying they would not win a World Series. And, of course, they did not play in another World Series to Chicago for 71 years. The curse, as we well know, in part because of our friend David Ross here locally, was broken in 2016, and they celebrated their first championship in 108 years. The Phillies have had no such curse, and if they lose in this postseason, I might add, it will not be because of this curse, but we can hope that Joey is killed uh, and cursed, if you will, by having a pet alligator. Okay, so there's that. And then finally, I would follow it up with this as we're doing non-football segments. Uh, we did find out, unfortunately for us, and I do think it's necessary to bring it up ever so briefly, that the Florida State basketball schedule is out. And it feels like they're cursed too. Obviously, the football winds have been blowing. The Knowles are sitting at 4-0 in the top five, and then we don't particularly want to talk about basketball, but I love Coach Hamilton, and I love basketball, and I would say coming off of last year's 9-23 and 23 campaign, that's right, they went 9-23, and 7-13 and 13 in the ACC, which frankly, after doing so poorly in their non-conference, going 7-13 and 13 in the ACC seemed like a, a hell of a turnaround. 9-23, and 23, on the other hand, was not, and as for Florida State, that record, hmm, was one of the worst of all time. A staggering 2-9 and nine in the non-conference, by the way. Ended their season before they got into the bulk of the ACC schedule, as we well know. And they had losses to Stetson and Troy and Siena. I had to go look all this up again today to point this out. The non-conference schedule for the upcoming season seems to be even easier. One opponent coming off an NCAA tournament appearance, that was Kennesaw State. They won the Atlantic Sun. Uh, they were number 14 seed in the Midwest Regional. They scared Xavier, who was the three seed in the opening round. 
And you have two major non-conference matchups and non-ACC games in Florida and Georgia. If you play Richmond instead of Colorado in the final round of the Sunshine Slam, uh, then you end up playing five major non-conference opponents and non-ACC matchups like they did a year ago, going 0-5 in those matchups. This year's weak non-conference will prevent FSU from getting in that large berth in the NCAA, and that's what we have to hope for. Just point this out one last time. I'm crossing my fingers for him. I hope a lot of things change. You need Primo Spears to be eligible. You have to have better guard play somehow, some way. Last year, Leonard Hamilton obviously uh, had had the problems of um, uh, of having a player ruled largely ineligible for much of the season, and then guys get hurt, coupled with really not a good mix of guys. I mean, I don't know what to expect from Chandler Jackson and Jalen Worley here. Uh, Darren Green is a three-point shooter who doesn't defend. Uh, they brought in a two-time transfer and Nosh, Josh Nickelberry from uh, he's been at LaSalle and Louisville. Um, Got to see what he is. And then again, we don't know if Primo Spears is going to be eligible. So there is that uh, you got exhibition games on consecutive Sundays, Flagler and Valdosta state prior to the season opener against Kennesaw state. Uh, we shall see. Leonard Hamilton is a legend here and has been a great man and a great coach for this program, but he is the oldest head coach in Division I. He turned 75 in August. If Florida State were to have a disastrous campaign as they did a year ago, which was the lowest winning percentage in a season for the program since Florida State finished 5-20 and in 1951-52, then you might think that that would be it, a swan song for the man. I am rooting for you, coach. I am rooting for a turnaround Florida state. Actually, this city is a lot more fun to be in when basketball season rolls in and we all go over to the TLC double C and we watch a product. That's a lot of fun, but I have to say this doesn't feel necessarily like it's going to be that. And because of that, I'm greatly concerned that, um, this will be it. This will be it. Let's hope I'm wrong. Let's hope that Florida State can once again win some basketball games. It doesn't necessarily feel like that is going to be the case. All right, hour number two forthcoming. Did it up like I said I would. Have mom's picks coming in. Also, red zone stuff that we do uh, normally on Friday. Uh, And then, of course, uh, solving for the future, which for Florida State, as I said earlier this hour, you might have solved for the future with the return of Daryl Jackson in the postseason that allows a real rotation of devastating depth and talent uh, in games against, uh, you know, top four clubs. Anybody that gets there is going to be a good football team and presumably have a, a good offensive line. I think like you, this bye week, which is now almost over, uh, is one that you hope uh, sees them integrate uh, the slot receivers, more of the middle of the field, and obviously if he's able to because he's gotten healthy, you need to see some Jordan Travis, uh, some of Jordan Travis's legs to boot, uh, which haven't really been there throughout the season. All right, Jeff Cameron Show, hour number two forthcoming. Stay with.